Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Killer Collab Podcast. My name is Tone Deaf in Florida, Tony D. Welcome, welcome. And to my left, as always, joined by Chris Lato from Reaper Films. Howdy, howdy. Hi, Chris. You go, doing good today? Doing great. It's a little later afternoon. I, 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 this is the time, though, I think we should do. This is, I hate this time. Oh, well, deal, <laughs> deal with it. We should change it. We usually do at 10 in the morning. Yeah, Eastern. I don't like that. Anyway, especially since I get off work at 4 o'clock in the morning, so it's not, it's not as uh, good for me. Today we have very special guests. Fantastic. I'm so glad we, we had a chance to get them on. Danny Roebuck and Tammy Roebuck. How are we doing today? We're, good. we're doing good. We're doing good. Good. We got I, double zoom. Your call listeners on. might be confused that we're in two different places. We're actually fighting. And uh, <laughs> and you moved three thousand miles away. <laughs> so and I'm I won't speak to Tammy directly. You tell Tammy that I said good morning. <laughs> Tammy, Danny says good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning, honey. The truth is we've we've been Tammy together nine years almost, right? Nine, married, nearly six. We've, we've yet to have one fight. <laughs> well, together, be, together being the, the word that used loosely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Together apart. You know. We've actually, you know, only been together for about a month and a half total. Well, I, I think you, I think you solved the whole divorce crisis. Just moved three oh, yeah. miles away. I, you guys stay I, together forever. Like, uh, I think this works. I think that's a new. I, uh, <laughs> but I get young people. I'm like, listen to me. I don't have a lot of time to tell you, but do this, do this. Live three thousand miles apart. I don't know. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> so you are, hey, you guys are getting married. Oh, yeah. Are you actually yeah. living in California? Uh, well, our residence is in Florida. Right. Uh, we have a home in California because I work here a lot. But right. a year, uh, I've been here up until I got here from the Hail Mary. I've been here five weeks in twelve months. Right. Uh, that's not a lot of. That's not not a lot of time to pay paying what I pay to live here. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's a necessity. Absolutely. Uh, have a home here and then we moved a lot in pennsylvania where i grew up bethlehem the lehigh valley um that's where we make our movies right now. so um that's we're there too a lot so we're we've triangulated <laughs> uh yeah that's a big triangle big triangle because i'm from i'm from jersey so i definitely know the difficulty in uh you know that travel now that you're from jersey <laughs> i'm deaf is it tone deaf? Tone D? What is it? Tone deaf in Florida. T tone deaf. Tone deaf. In, tone deaf in Florida. Uh, yeah, you don't want me to sing because that's why I'm tone deaf. But um, also definitely in Florida right now. But I am from Jersey, um, from Atlantic City. That's right. Oh, nice. I, 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 I born and raised in high school and, and up until I, I moved out here, I was 2015. I moved down here. So. Oh, you're you. You. Oh yeah, very new. Florida. Fresh blood. You're a little. I'm a. I got there a little before you did. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I'm never, I'm never moving back. I love the weather. Even today, it's kind of chilly. I think it was like 70. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Whenever the temperature dips below 70, out come the scarves and gloves and coats. Right. And the winter the galoshes. Yeah, the women grab the Uggs, the Ugg boots, and oh, yeah. uh, you get to wear so it for fun. one week. Right. Uh, Conversely, we were making a movie. Remember, Tam in Montana, and. Uh, Minnesota. No, no, in Minnesota. That's right. And the, the weather, the weather went crazy while we were there. It was usually twenty below, and one day it was like forty-seven. <laughs> People were at the Walmart in shorts. Oh, I swear to God, man! Never seen anything like. 
yeah, I shot a movie. Um, someone hired me to shoot a movie in Atlanta, and I have a friend that lives there, so I, I stayed with him the whole week. And I drove up there, and it was the coldest day in Atlanta history. It was like in the <laughs> teens, and I oh, had a I had a drink in my car, and when I came out the next morning, it was frozen. That's how <laughs> cold it was, and we're having to shoot outside, and it was raining and freezing. Like it was not fun. Yeah, we got some nice shots. We got some nice shots. That doesn't sound fun like at all. I think that Tammy, you were in Minnesota for your first adult snow snowfall. Oh wow, yeah. wow, yeah. I, I, I think it, I think it was April too. It was. What? It, yeah, it was, and it was late blizzard conditions. Yeah, I've only seen snow one time in my whole life, in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's so interesting. It is. I, I can't tell you how many times I've shoveled my driveway just 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 to go to work. Like I had to yeah. shovel my driveway to go to work, and then I shovel myself back into my driveway. That that was that was my work in uh, in Jersey for. Yeah, you keep the you keep the shovel right where you were going to park again yep. to get back at the end of the day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because I used to get home at like four o'clock in the morning because I worked uh, in the casinos, and uh, it was always just like solid ice, and you just had to like. No way. Oh yeah, and the black ice was a really bad threat, bad thing. So it was. Uh, yeah, my cousin lived in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and I went up there to visit him, and I would. I got in the back seat of his car and I picked this thing up. I was like, "What is this thing?" He's like, "It's to scrape the ice off your windshield." And I was like, <laughs> "Why do you live here?" Like, I don't understand why anybody would live there. He's from. No, it means now. Listen, like the good people of Minnesota, this is just how it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We went up to Edmonton. We took getting grace up to Edmonton, and what was uh, Christie's joke? Oh, we have two seasons: construction and. And snow, snow and right. construction, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever it wasn't they snowing, they were fixing the road. That oh yeah, so, well, you can say the same thing for Tampa. Just summer and construction. Tampa, it's it's always under construction. I don't know that I four is never going to be done. I don't know. They've yeah. been working on it for like twenty five years. <laughs> twenty five years they've been working on that road. Yeah. So I don't know, <laughs> but so uh, so Danny just got a a new role, a pretty cool yeah, how one. How about that? Yeah, pretty amazing. Why don't you tell everybody what's about? Well, uh, I'm uh, the new Grandpa Munster. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, it's really, there's Grandpa over my shoulder. Uh, I can't see how far. I, I don't have my glasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny if you were like, ah, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you should, we should, one of those we should plan that. Yeah. We should plan that one day. Yeah, maybe next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that would uh, be good. Like, like, oh, thank you. Oh, I see it. So, yeah. So uh, we're, you know, I've been a Munster fan my whole life. Uh, my whole life. Right. In fact, uh, Tammy too. When we were, when we were in the car driving, and and Rob called to see if I would play that part. Tammy was wearing a, a Lily Munster shirt. I oh thought. wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was weird. You put it out into the year. Amazing crazy. timing. Yeah. But I, you know, I it, it comes back to one thing. God is good. Uh, and everything that's supposed to be is. Right, so uh, I spent my whole life uh, obsessed with this kind of thing. Yes. Uh, so to then be part of this kind of thing at a level, A, that it's a Rob Zombie film, which means it's going to be a great movie, screen director, and B, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Universal Studios Count Dracula. That's who I am. Absolutely. So, that's awesome. a pretty. That's a pretty good thing for a character actor oh. from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. 
Now you were you've been in a lot of his movies. What? How did you get linked up with him? Well, you know, it was funny. Um, we met initially, uh, oddly, uh, over the Munsters. We kind of know each other because of the Munsters. That's why one day, uh, uh, one day we were in a, a store that's closing now. It's called Kidcraft. And it was a place where you could buy, um, you could buy resin model kits, uh, which was the hobby was just growing about 25 years ago, 27 years ago. It was just growing. And they would have resin model kits there. And we went in one day to look at stuff, and, and Rob came in, and my friend John Gilbert said, Oh, <laughs> hello, zombie. What a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and I, I said, What the hell did you just call this guy? He goes, This is Rob Zombie, don't you know? So, what the Munster thing was, John went, he was there because he was selling the kits he made, and he had an Uncle Gilbert model kit in his car that he had made. Uncle Gilbert is the creature from the Black Lagoon, who's uh, the uncle of the Munsters. Yeah. Uh, and so he brought it in and beat Rob out of some money. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, so that, and then, so that's when I met him initially. Then a few years later, uh, I went with my great friend, Kevin Burns, who's passed away now. He's gone a year. Uh, Kevin is the biggest Munsters fan in the world. I'll say that even though he's with Jesus now, he's, Munsters fan of the world. Uh, Rob's the biggest Munster fan on the planet Earth. Evans, he is. Yeah. He still wins, I think. But uh, we went to see an Elvira movie. Um, Elvira's, uh, Elvira's Hidden Hills, I think. And uh, Rob was there at the screening, and Kevin and I were there. and So that's where we re-met again. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's just a small world that you guys just bump into each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Interesting, huh? So, and then uh, <clears throat> he put us in uh, in the first movie, uh, which was the second. I didn't know him before he made. Um, I didn't know him when he made the other one. Uh, Devil, uh, House of a Thousand. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I met him between House and Devils, and then we ended up in Devils Rejects. And then, uh, you know, he's been gracious to put me in everything since then. Now I was uh, very curious about this. Now his set and his uh, how is his set compared to other, other a lot of movies other a lot of movie sets? Like is it more chaotic or is he just like oh no 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 is he no, always no. on is he always no on? no <laughs> filmmakers uh, filmmakers should no 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 his sets are are run uh, meticulously fantastic he is he is a very specific filmmaker although he you know as an actor there's always Leeway to bring something else to it. He's, he doesn't yeah. dig in there, but everything you're seeing, the visualization, uh, comes from you know his yeah. his imagination. Oh, the that, that, mind of Rob Zombie. That's why I was curious because you know I, I'm, I'm thinking like of the Stanley Kubricks at the time, or like you know Rob Zombie has just always had that eclectic like bam everything going on at once, and like there's like just just so much going on, like not with just explosions, but with the gore. And just, just in that, I'm just curious how that yeah, mind works. Yeah, he, he's yeah. always unching, yeah. unching it up. Yeah. But like, say, like the beginning of 31, mm -hmm. where Richard Brake comes out and he does his monologue and lights his bar. And uh, I mean, it looked great. Richard's a great actor. Uh, I'm sitting there in that chair. I had been in makeup for hours, and you can't even tell, but I've been bruised and cut all over everywhere. And, uh, you know, I'm tied to the chair. And we're ready to go. 
and Rob says, uh, okay, let's uh, turn on the water. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what water? Because, you know, the first thing he goes, they're just going to dri- dribble some water on you. Now I've got fake blood in there. And I know what that means now. My hands are tied. My feet are tied. They're going to start dropping the water on me. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to blood in this eye, uh-huh. blood in this eye, blood in my mouth. And, uh, you know, they start dropping the water. I'm sitting there and I'm miserable. And I think, can I just say one thing before you go, Rob? goes, yeah. I said, you know, other people let me star in their movies. They don't just kill me in the first five minutes. <laughs> All right, let's shoot this. Um, but, you know, it's like even that, you know, somebody else wouldn't have thought of the war. Yeah, that's, but, yeah, that was just way out of left field. Like, yeah, I'm just making it run down. Chris kills me in all his movies, so I, I, don't, yeah, I we, don't. Tony has a head that we put in like every movie. <laughs> yeah, so, we, so we oh, just, yeah, that's yeah, that's funny. And once you have your own severed head, yeah. people cast you for that head. Yep, exactly. Yeah. They have no interest in your actual ability as an actor. Nope, they just know that if they cast you. They're gonna save seventeen hundred dollars. Yep, for right. my head. They literally just to chop my head off in every movie. <laughs> yeah, bring, bring your head. Uh, so you got hit with a cleaver, a samurai sword. Yeah. And then we just used it as just a, a regular prop. head so yeah, in the background. Yeah, it's a prop. I've been in my head's been in more movies than I have. <laughs> <laughs> my luggage, it's been in more countries than I have. Funny. Yeah, my luggage I travel so much, my luggage goes places. And, you know, it always tells me what a good sense postcards. It's nice. Um, it's nice. <laughs> Does it go, wish but, you were uh, here? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Rob as a filmmaker is a very astute filmmaker, and he's a uh, he's a student of film. He watches movies. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't watch, you know, Last House on the Left all the time. He watches, you know, Greta Garbo movies, right? mm. you know. Always looking for the performance. So, yeah, I remember when um, <clears throat> they had MTV Cribs, they went to his house one time, yep. and he had all this cool Kiss. He had a lot of Kiss stuff. Um, he had a lot of weird Kiss stuff. Like, he had one where Gene Simmons, like, blood comes out of his mouth and, like, all kinds of weird stuff. It was like a fountain, wasn't it, or something like that? But his <clears throat> his house was, like, amazing. It was like a museum oh, of yeah. just yeah. cool stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I always wonder what goes on in his mind. Like, just, 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 like wake it up every day. Like, well, like, how do I kill somebody today? <laughs> like, right. like uh, just, just very curious. He's been, he's been working a number of projects off the ground that had nothing. You know, one was about hockey. Uh, one was about Groucho uh, Marx. Now, do you very, talk, do you talk to him regularly? Like, like, like actual friends? Well, I mean, I, you know, it's I don't I don't bother people. You know, I'm not oh. a real uh, schmoozer. It's funny people might think I'm a schmoozer because. I do generally like people, but Rob Zombie's very busy, so I don't, you know. Yes. Yeah. We we talk when when there's something to talk about, but I never call him up and I'm like, "Hi, what are you doing?" (laughs) No, it's just not. It's just not my way anyway. I just understand how professionally busy he is. But I always love when he calls. I mean, when he called, we were driving in the car. My phone was plugged into the wrong car. His name came up. There's always something fun when when he calls. Um, I, I imagine. Hope I'm that guy for other people, but when he calls me, uh, it's always something fun. That's cool. Uh, I'm actually going to see him in concert next week. Oh, nice. At, oh, uh, Rockville up in Daytona. He's going to be there. Are you going to go backstage? Do you do that? Get the if you can get me pass? some backstage passes, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to buy them. 
<laughs> That's why I had you on the show, Dan. No. So you can get back to the <laughs> oh, well, man. if you snore your way backstage, you can say that you just interviewed Tammy and I. Uh, but yeah, I saw him a couple of years ago, and fantastic. Like he was so good in concert. No, it's a great show. Uh, Tammy, have you ever? I don't think you've ever seen him. I've not, only seen. Not, one. Yeah, not in, in concert. No, not yet. You got to imagine for me going to see Rob Zombie perform. Like I'm working with the director on these films. Yeah, right. he's doing his role. And what if Dan? How about Dan? Would this be Dan? And then you know I'd say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was liking it too. Like if you were Rod Taylor and you're working with Hitchcock and he was like, "Why don't you come? I'm in the ice campaigns." You know, <laughs> and you're like, "You're in the you're in the ice campaigns." Yeah. Really? You, watch, you know, him have awesome. this. Out. I feel like we're not talking to Tammy at all. I, th- I was just going to Tammy just now. I was, I was wondering what her next project is or what she's working on right now. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm doing a lot of local commercials. Oh, um, I've also just got back from the Bourbon Trail doing uh, interviews with bourbon distilleries. Oh, nice. I love some uh, bourbon. Yeah. So uh, it's been quite an education. Uh, I know more about bourbon than I ever thought I would. So um, that's the beauty about my job is that I start learning about companies and businesses and the, how it works. And it, it's very fascinating. So I'm working on that. And then, of course, our, our own feature films. We're, I'm almost finished editing uh the film we did last year, Lucky Louie. Oh, um, tell me about and that. Then, yeah. Um, well, Lucky Louie, uh, you know, when COVID hit, um, we were literally in Pennsylvania on March mm. 11th having a press conference in Bethlehem to announce our nonprofit, a channel of peace, Ooh. and uh, announcing that we were going to come in the summer and film the Hail Mary, which is a film uh, Danny wrote over a number. Um, well, you had the idea for a number of years, but you actually wrote it rather quickly. Um, and so we announced our nonprofit that we're doing our feature films as a nonprofit uh, project. And the next day, the world shut down. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so we kind of regrouped. I flew to LA uh, to because everything was shut down. So I thought, well, this would be the perfect time to really see if we like each other. <laughs> and we got, to spend, um, we got to quarantine and kind of spend a couple months together. And uh, Danny uh, decided to write a movie with his daughter, Grace, uh, that maybe we could do in lieu of um, the Hail Mary, because that was a football movie. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have been able to do a football movie. So I'll kind of let Danny pick it up, pick it up from there. Uh, well, there was just, uh, you know, I think we all have to be aware of when, uh, I will say this, when our government oversteps its authority and when when we were all shut down and they were saying, you can't create, and you, nobody's ever going to tell me I can't yeah. create. Yeah. And I think every artist has to, I was, I, I, I was kind of sickened that the artist folded immediately. Right. I didn't understand why that. Yeah. Immediately, Broadway shut down. Nobody was like, "Let's figure out a way to do it." Yeah, 
Yeah, even even it, they shut us down for like two weeks, and then like literally, I had a couple. I, I was streaming concerts. That's what I was doing. I was streaming concerts for uh, from for local bands and local bars, so they can actually have some entertainment or whatnot. And then I got shut. The police came in. They shut me down. Like it was ridiculous. I was just streaming the band, and the band was six feet apart, and they literally shut us down. Like that, we couldn't even stream um, doing anything. In my you know business in general so it, it, they just they definitely overstepped a little bit but like i said florida was only shut down for like two weeks yeah that's what it felt like <laughs> we got an awesome yeah. i mean and I, I mean it's not i i don't want to veer towards a political discussion oh, no 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 because i but i just think i think all all men and women in the united states have to be leery when uh you know they gotta do is read one book on world war ii yeah called the rise and the fall of the third reich and you read one book and you'll learn just how a government starts overstepping and taking your freedom. Right. Anyway, I, w yeah. we're, I wasn't going to take it. Anymore. That's I'm, okay. Like I said, yeah, you can talk about I, anything here. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to take it. So we sat, it was not even months, maybe weeks, you know, and then I said, we got to do something. So I picked Gracie and this idea, uh, and it's really fun. It's about a, old retired cop who could never solve a bank robbery. So he teams up with his Bible study, which is four ex-convicts that he arrested and rehabilitated. And uh, a forensic psychology major shows up and together, they work on trying to figure out how this bank got robbed 50 years ago and where the money went. Oh, wow, very interesting. That yeah, it's like, it's like something you've never seen. Yeah. And as a, so, I mean, with the Channel of Peace, Tammy and I, and our our you know our partner Aaron McLean, we when we conceptualized this from the beginning, it was can we make movies that have an element of faith, but aren't um, aren't faith based in yeah. the terms of how they they're not hitting you over the head. Uh, yeah, faith. just the undertones, the undertones of. Yeah, uh, it's just about. So I'm making movies that are entertainment. Lucky Louie is, no one will say, well, this cliche-ridden movie. There's never been a movie where a, a guy takes his Bible study of ex-convicts and they try to solve a crime. Yeah. Uh, no, and, never seen that. No. <laughs> yeah. I invite people, and we'll talk about it, I hope, more, but people can go to achannelofpeace.org, achannelofpeace.org. I'll link and it in all of a, our descriptions. Yeah, I, oh, I'll, thank you. No problem. No problem. Yeah, they can see the, the trailer preliminary trailer for Lucky Louie and photos of the Hail Mary. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the real joy, like you're the killer collab, we're collaborators, Tammy and I. Collaborators. You know, we're, we're just not married people. We're uh, two artists yeah. that uh, have come together to kind of have this opportunity to create together. And then, and then uh, you know, my daughter is another member of our group. Uh, and like we, we create, it's just great to be able to create with the, the person you love the most. Yep. Um, and as collaborators go with, when it comes to, you know, making commercials and whatnot, I'll work with Tammy on those sometimes. And, you know, I always defer to her on how that goes. And on the movies, I think I'm right, Tammy, you generally would defer to me on how that goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, but once we, 
our our great friend and producer Chris Monte edited uh, Getting Grace, the first movie we made. Yeah. And uh, out of necessity, because of COVID and the the limited budget we were on, uh, you know, it was decided Tammy would edit Lucky Louie. So I did a pre-edit of all the scenes, and then we edited the movie together. And then yep. we realized, gosh, this is another thing we can do together. That And we enjoy, like we get up every morning and we be so excited to have our coffee and go into the, the next scene. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a perfect, uh, you know, scenario. Like I was wanting to find somebody that, you know, enjoyed my passion or shared my passion and something like that. It's just you just lucked out. You just hit the lottery. Lots well, again, <laughs> you know, we refer, we refer back to God is good. Absolutely. Uh, when Tammy and I both got divorced, neither of us had any plans to remarry. Yeah. Uh, was actively, actively not going to remarry. Anyway. Uh, I understand that. I understand that. And then, Absolutely. And, and then you meet Tammy, and you're like, well, I mean, I didn't realize I'd meet Tammy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was, Tammy's I was, the exception. I was divorced twice. I was divorced twice, and I was like, never getting married again, and now I'm engaged. So, sucker. You know, our friends a charm for maybe for you too, Chris. Yeah, I got a good one. <laughs> they always say Tammy's my third wife, and she goes, "I'm your last wife." Yeah, oh, there you go. There Which you sounds go. like a threat to me. <laughs> uh, how's that insurance policy? No, I mean, uh, never mind. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Tarkamid joke? She went. She asked for. She had a headache. She goes, "Can you bring me some of those aspirin?" And I came out, and I said. I had the aspirin in my hand. I said, hey, did you pay your life insurance? She goes, yeah. And I handed her like 300 aspirin. <laughs> I shouldn't even joke about that. Oh, Nothing no. better happened to Tammy. Yeah, right. Anyway, how the hell am I going to get these movies made or something happens to Tammy? <laughs> Tammy, what do you like more? Do you like doing commercials or do you like doing movies? Um, I'm really liking movies because I've been doing commercials for 30 years. Right. So, um, so for me to have an opportunity to do feature films, it's, it's, I'm learning a lot. Like, uh, and I've made mistakes and, uh, have. Yeah, we and have. I have people to rely on. Yeah. We just got to learn from our mistakes and just, just improve yeah. it. Whether it's our, uh, you know, our techniques. Well, I mean, our techniques age over time. They pretty much, you know, they're different artsy shots, different shots, different ideas. They, they just get better and they mold into, they evolve into a lot of different scenarios and that's 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 the best part about our 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 careers is that you know we literally just can get better and our translation from our mind just like rob zombie what he from his mind to what what we see on the screen there's just a full manipulation of us and them of the entire film that's what we do like we see it in our mind and then we make it happen and that's that's one of our beneficial uh things that we can do we just make people see our vision and that's wonderful that's what i like about our career i think I think that, uh, you know, doing a 30 second commercial for a broadcast station is it's just not as detailed and specific. And there's just there's so many things that go into a feature film. Absolutely. Even past my, you know, once I finish the initial edit, then, you know, getting it to our composer to score and then our sound team, like, you know, you just learn so much the much larger aspect of filmmaking and right. But, but I want to compliment you, Tammy. I mean, you're watching your your commercials have gotten, you know, better even in the last nine years because, you know, Tammy's 
I, I'm telling, like, look, when you guys, when we make a movie, we have an hour and 45 minutes to tell a story or ish, right? Yeah. And she's got to tell, she's got to get all the information in 30, and then she's got to cut a 15 of the 30. And you're just kind of astounded at how good she is at shaving down to essential information yeah, and, and points that get across. And uh, I think when we started dating, people had more they would always push back against some commercials. And now I, I, I think I know that you don't get such pushback anymore, yeah. you know? And then I, I just think that she's become a better storyteller uh, through, through the f filmmaking process. And that's what we talk about evolution. Like we, from our early techniques, we just learn, we just learned to get our voice out and that's literally the best part of it. Now I, you spoke about the nonprofit. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, the nonprofit you started. Uh, well, I, you know, I've had this idea about when we made uh, our first movie, Getting Grace, uh, you guys, it's terrific. People can go to Amazon and find it. They can buy it, uh, Apple TV, whatever. It's just really turned out well. But, you know, you, there's still, you, you, you take your movies through the distribution channels, and then there's always this disconnect where you're no longer you're the author of the movie and then all of a sudden someone else is saying it's their movie yeah, and they don't making any money. they're not the author of it they're not the creator of it they're not yeah. they 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 have nothing to do right. with it but now they're going to claim ownership of it and and it's it's paying people back when you equity finance you know and this is a message for all filmmakers you know you equity finance i'm not a i'm a i'm a trying my best to be a good faithful person taking people's money uh, and having you can't ever have an idea you're not going to pay them back. You want to pay them back. Yeah, of absolutely. So, so um, I did not like that that aspect in which I was responsible for people's money. Yeah, uh, I'm a filmmaker, uh, but I I'm not a banker. And uh, and once the thing is out of your hand, it's 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 debilitating at how little you can do about it. Right. right? So, all right, that's the long leeway or the long you know, the story. I just wanted to create a system in which we could make these movies. Uh, and, and it wasn't about making profit. It was about making a difference. Yeah. Uh, and that's really the only way, you know, you have to kind of give yourself, you have to free fall into that. So now this really does mean, with no exaggeration, I write, produce, direct, and star in the movie for free, uh, not any money, nothing, um, none. And the same is wow. true, unfortunately, for Tammy. So we are reliant on a man to, <laughs> to give us other jobs, pay our bills. Oh, yeah. And and I don't know that it will be like that. It's not unreasonable to to create this thing and, and eventually uh, figure a way to pay ourselves a fair uh, salary. Yeah. Uh, so that's so I don't know that it'll always be like this, but I would much rather pay as many of the other people who work with us as I can. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult. I mean, we make the movies on such small budgets. Absolutely. But, uh, it would be our blessing one day when somebody with you know real money comes to us and says, "I really see what you're doing has value, mm -hmm. and I want to make a contribution because." The great thing is, our it's tax deductible. Any contribution yep. is tax deductible. So 
that helps us find partners in filmmaking as well. People helping us with catering, people helping us taking money off this. Even this last film, we, we worked at one location, so we had to have round-the-clock uh, security. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, even the security company liked what we were doing and, and made us a, a deal. So the nonprofit is like a filmmaking yeah, a, a channel of cases. Go ahead, Tammy. Yeah, so basically, think of it, it is kind of like an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter campaign uh, where, you know, we do solicit donations, but because we are in a, a 501c3, um, you know, it is tax-deductible uh, donations. So you're donating to, to the project, but you are getting uh, tax credit. The other thing component we have with our nonprofit that's really instrumental in our mission is an education component. So we actually have a, an internship program where aspiring filmmakers will actually work uh, on our films and get experience to work on a you know a, a real Hollywood type set and um, get the experience uh, you know doing jobs in the art department or the camera unit or, um, you know, the costumes and wardrobe and makeup. And these students, it's really, they get college credit because we have um, people that actually, we, they interview them, we bring them on and we track their hours and, and all that uh, process. But the great thing is that so many of them after the films have reached out to us to just say, that the experience they had was really just invaluable and it reaffirmed or confirmed that that's what they want to do for a living. Mm -hmm. And we let them also float around to different departments so they can kind of get a taste of, well, what is it like working in grip and electric or what is, what is it like working in, you know, props and, um, you know, set design. So they all can kind of over the span of, of our filmmaking get, get a feel for all the different positions and then maybe hone in on one that they really felt a connection to. Speaking so I of, love that. Speaking of, yeah. what was the, when you first got into this industry, what was the first thing that you did? What was the first job or how'd you get on stage? Was it lighting, sound, camera? Tammy. Tammy, yeah. For, yeah, for me, I actually was, um, I went to Gaither High School and there was, Back in the 80s, there was an executive internship program that I applied for uh, because of my mentor growing up was Gail Searins. Oh, uh, I wanted to be a sportscaster. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to be, I wanted to do play-by-play -play for the NFL. Oh, that was yeah. My, that was my goal. Um, and so Gail was my mentor because she was, had just uh, been promoted to anchor, but she did sports, you know, at the NBC affiliate here in Tampa. And so she mentored me and she told me about this internship program. So I got on the program. I did get accepted because they only took 30 kids out of the whole school year. And I thought I was going to get the channel eight job <laughs> and I did not get that oh. job. Um, I ended up at the cable company, Jones inner cable, and they were doing the first, radio with pictures. Uh, they were putting the Q's morning zoo from six to 10 AM. They put it live on television and simulcast it. 
So that was the TV show I got to work on at 17. Oh, fantastic. And, That's yeah. So by the, time I was, by the time I was 19, I was actually producing the show and directing the show. Oh, that's amazing. That, that is yeah, amazing. Yeah, so, I, I started on radio, if you couldn't tell by my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I started on radio. I, everyone used to say I had a face for radio, and I guess it just stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that so, funny. You know, so once I got behind the camera, I kind of you know liked it a lot. And then eventually we turned our station into the – we started doing high school football and turned it into what later was Bright, Bright House Sports Network. Oh yeah, very nice. Kind so, of my. So what's your camera style. of choice? What's your camera of choice right now? Because I collect camera. I, I I use so many different cameras. Like, what's your favorite camera that you use? Um, I, I like to talk well, here. <laughs> you know, for work, I'm using uh, I use Panasonic, but I also use Canon DSLR cameras. Oh yeah. For a lot of the stuff I do, and then I like the DSLRs because you can interchange the lenses, obviously. And oh yeah, um, that's what we started on. Uh, we I started on a Canon T3i. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. T3i. I still have it somewhere. That's funny. Through the years, <laughs> I've you know I've upgraded and upgraded and upgraded, and every time I get a new camera and start playing with it, I'm like, I think the Canon T3i was the best <laughs> camera I've ever had. Like it's crazy. But it's so user friendly. It's, it's such a beautiful yeah. image and. It was so small that it was easy to do handheld and you know whatever you need to do and oh, yeah. I kind of miss it. Now the Panasonic used a was it a Vera? Was it a, a Vera? Uh, was it? Well, called? for what for what I do, it's more like EN, a lot of ENG stuff. So I have the Panasonic um, HV or one? HX one. Yeah. Um, the the white one. The white and black one. The black one. Yeah. 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 So, um, but our movies, uh, Freddie Graves was shot on the, the um, Alexa Mini. Oh, yeah. That's and that's, then, that's my um, camera. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and then our uh, Lucky Louie and the Hail Mary we shot on uh, the Sony Venice. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Brought your. It, I mean, it's also, you got to have, like, getting Grace, we had my brother in law who was uh, a gaffer on. Uh, Chris Nolan's Batman movies, oh. on Inception, on all those Chris Nolan movies. He he was our DP, um, and he's been working unfortunately so much, unfortunately, that he hasn't been able to DP our other. Well, movies. unfortunately for you, fortunately for him. Right, fortunately <laughs> for him. But uh, now he's running the Splinter Unit. He's uh, running camera on Indiana Jones Five. Wow! Oh. Wow! That's yeah. Um, so that's. Yeah. We can't afford him anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's married to my sister, so I can shame him into working with us. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's it's funny how things work out. So, Corey wasn't available, but we hired Dan Herzog, who's uh, shot two movies with us. And we love collaborating with Dan. Uh, he's a great DP and a great guy. Uh, we, look, when you make the independent movies, whether you do it through a not-for-profit like we do it or you have finance the movie yeah like to the other filmmakers like if i gave any advice it'd be like don't have any a-holes on the set yes just yeah. don't have time we've had a few yeah we years. definitely did but, but then our crew started to get smaller and smaller because you know there's, yeah. so, there's a lot of a-holes in our uh in our uh it's funny because you were talking about the pandemic we made two features during the pandemic we yeah that's two hey that's two <laughs> we did one in december yeah and um it was great 
Yeah. I mean, it was great for us. I think it was like six on the crew. Because uh, everybody was available. Well, you guys really can't. So we have, I mean, our, our two movies that had, you know, relatively large crews. And then the Hail Mary had a very big cast that mm. 25 boys every day plus 12 oh, months wow. every day. Oh, yeah. Plus, we had about 50 actors a day for a great deal of the movie. That's a that's a very big cast, and then about fifty people on how many shooting days? Too. How many shooting days? Uh, Lucky Louie was twenty three. Twenty one, twenty two, maybe. And then the Hail Mary. Uh, twenty. I think it ended up twenty. Oh wow! Yeah. Six. I mean, but miraculous. Like the Hail Mary is a, you know, it's a, it's an epic movie that requires a. A ten-minute video, uh, a ten-minute football game at the end of the movie, right. and uh, the you know we shot the heck out of that because <laughs> we had to subterfuge uh, how little extras we had. Yep. We only had extras for two nights, one for four hours and one for two hours. Uh, and but the way we've been editing it together, you know, has been. I yeah. mean, that just you know, uh, I'm not a storyboard. Director, uh, I, I know that's probably not the greatest way to do it. I, I'll come up with a shot list, and we storyboarded getting greats, but mostly, you know, especially when you have all those actors, you start. I like the actors to figure out right. yeah. where they're moving, and then I start figuring the shots. Yeah. After I storyboard in my head, like I picture, I literally do the whole scene in my head and how I want to cut it. And that's literally how I storyboard like everything. Like I'm, I'm like yeah. writing a TV show now, and I'm literally like picking out all the shots, and it's just like going right through it, like the, the entire episode, how I would like to see it. That's yeah, you know the one, the one. I, I don't think it's a problem. Every now and again, I'm missing a shot. Hmm. Like uh, I in my in in my like you, uh, Tony pre-edited in my head. <laughs> I'd like to tell a quick story when I. I was doing Man in the High Castle at the same time uh, we uh, were shooting Getting Grace. And they kept calling me to be in an episode, and we kept saying we're not available. My man would say, can't you just fly up there and do an episode where we're in You know, Vancouver. I'm like, I don't think you understand really what it means when I say I'm writing and directing <laughs> and starring it. So when I finally got there, the director directed me. Uh, he's a Polish director. He had directed me in uh, – CSI New York, I think. And um, now I'm going to use, he used a different word. I'm going to say screwed up. He used a different word. Which I makes it funnier. But uh, he goes, oh, look who's here. Oh, my God, here you are. Thank you for coming to our little TV show. You're making what? You can't be here. Why are you so busy? Now, look, we have to shoot this scene in this place. You wouldn't, your character wouldn't even be at. I can't believe it. Where have you been? And I said, well, I, 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 when I hold on, don't yell at me. I, I was directing my own movie and I don't think I, I screwed it up. And, and he looked at me and he was just so frustrated that we were shooting the scene in the wrong set. And he goes, you directed your own movie. Yeah. I said, my first movie, you directed your first movie. And I said, yes. And he goes, of course you screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and every time we'd be editing, and I'd say, Chris, don't we have? I get that. Don't we have her turn to the 
neat shape. No, I looked yeah. through it. It's not there. So screwed it and then I just hear that guy's voice. <laughs> I'm closing through it. That's always in the back of your mind. <laughs> back. But but I still, you know, the, the fun of it is when you don't have something, figuring it out. Uh, and and no one, you know, only you know what you don't have. Yeah. The audience doesn't know what they don't know. Yeah. Uh, which is true of everything. So, you know, you you put in front of them what you do have and you can get around it. You yeah. Know? Sure. yeah, I remember my first TV show that I, I missed so many shots. I like it was so bad. The first show I ever directed, it was so bad. Like it was uh, I was shooting in Atlanta and I think the show was called Tip. It was a pilot and it was just oh, it was so bad. <laughs> well, what was that? You mean you overshot? Yeah, oh, no, I definitely overshot, and a lot of the, and a lot of the, I didn't do a, enough close-ups on it on particular, and then I had to go back in the, in the to dub it and to do second audio, and it was so bad. Like I had to, it was, it was, it, 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 it never got picked up. Let's just put it that way. It didn't get. You have to surround yourself with uh, first no a holes and quality people. Yeah. Like in the Lehigh Valley, you guys, we have a team of filmmakers, right, Tammy? Like second to none. I mean, I got great ACs, I got great operators, I got great second care, I've got great producers uh, that we brought up from uh, all three movies. You know, we keep moving them up the oh, ladder yeah. Oh, yeah. and giving them giving them more to do, and they're, they, they're just terrific. Uh, but, you know, we've honed our team, uh, and, and if someone doesn't really work out, you know, there's never, like, any animosity. We just move yeah. In a different direction afterward. But, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was directing in cinematography, so I did both. So that's why it was easy for me to oversee it. Pretty much, like, it just made me just forget about shots. Like, I like, did I get that one? Like, I it just was so easy for me to miss a shot because I was doing both. Yeah, well, because my mind was look, going somewhere else, and then I was doing a shot, and then I was thinking about the next shot, and then I just skipped yeah, over. Personally, I don't, I don't. Uh, at least for me, I don't know how people can direct and shoot at. The, like this, yeah. it's crazy to me, because it's so it's two completely different jobs. Yeah. And you're trying to direct and shoot and and make sure you got all your shots and make sure the performance yeah. are on. It's, it's crazy. Well, that, that was my mistake on the that. first show. On the first show. Well, there's yeah. directors who've done it, like Peter Hyams. Uh, he doesn't just DP; he operates and right. directs. Yeah. Um, you know, on like Corey. Uh, deep, you know, my D, at the budget, look, the, uh, the, the fact is, at the budgets we work on, the DP is behind the camera, uh, the first A camera, because, yeah. you know, just can't afford the one other operator anyway, that's the way they want it, and they're looking at it. I don't People always say, is, is it hard to, to act and direct at the same time? Uh, although you haven't asked it, let's put that word in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> and I always say it's not hard to act and direct at the same time. I've been doing it in the theater. I've been doing it for 20 years or more. Yeah. Uh, I've always done it. Uh, so I've, I figured out how to do it. What's hard is acting and producing at the same time mm. because you're, you're called upon at moments when you should be acting to be worrying about yeah. You know, is the other fire truck going to be here on time? Right. Uh, and it's a that's a hard that's a hard position to to be in. But you know, we we figured it out. I mean, I I cut the movies. I get I get the performance the way I want it. I generally do my close ups last. Mm. Um, uh, 
but the other fun part is when you're directing and you're in the scene, if the other actor's not giving you something you want, you could, I could change. Instead of directing them with words, I direct them with my performance. Oh, yeah. It's that mirror. So I, that mirror you know, yeah. I affect, because and if you've got real actors, like, you know, like the girl in Getting Grace Madeline Dundon had never been in a movie, but she's such a naturally gifted actress that however I re-inflected, she would match with her answer. Oh, yeah. She never did the same thing again and again. Well, that's definitely a luxury to have on sure. that. So. so I've been watching a TV show for the last month or and a half, I guess. And it's by far top 10 of my favorite shows of all time. And I'm scrolling through your IMDb, and you were in it. Oh, Jane, which show? Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I noticed. I wish I had done more. When we were making. I like, what? <laughs> I love that show so much. I'm almost done with it? it. I got like five episodes left. And um, it's I think it was making Getting Grace. Also, uh, I can't, if I remember correctly, I think I missed an opportunity or two to go back to that show. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed you were you were in one episode. You played my right. dad. And the mom was in a couple more episodes later yeah, on in the show, and you weren't in it. Yeah. Uh, um, I love that and show. That's, it's so I, funny. I mean, one episode, that Molly Hagen, terrific. Molly, now, that's a great actress I've, I've known around town for so long but we've never worked together until that so that was nice to finally did be. they shoot that in miami that show uh no no uh all in la all in la because that takes yeah. place in miami so i didn't i wasn't sure yeah they're good fakers yeah <laughs> movie magic <Obviously. laughs> they're good fakers. but that show is so funny it's got everything in it i don't know if you watched the series but, um, I didn't, but I, I was very taken with all of the actors were very yeah, great. They're great. I mean, they're, the whole cast is great. They're very likable. Um, it's got comedy, mystery. It's real quirky. I mean, it's just got everything in it. And it's it's such a funny show. I've been trying to get Tony to watch it. Yeah, I just but, don't uh, have the time. He's just like, I, yeah, I, I don't have I don't the time. Well, I work full, I don't, full time and I do this and I do, you know, I'm, I'm writing two TV shows and uh, writing two movies. Like, yeah, I have time to sit down, like, to watch this, that TV show. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're working in the medium. We should know. Thankfully, right. I collaborate uh, with my daughter and she watches everything. Yeah, I watch, very good. I watch so much TV and movies. And, and, and so, like, last night, uh, you know, I, I come home late at night. I don't put on Jane the Virgin. I put on Green Acres. Green Acres is the place. I mean, it's just so well done and so funny, so simple. You you watch like the complexity of Jane the Virgin is equaled by the simplicity of Green Acres. Oh yeah, they're on three sets. The actors. One of the great directing books, by the way, you guys, is a book on directing by Richard L. Bear. B A R R E. Everybody should read it. When when I met Tammy, I sent her a copy. Uh, it's the, the the most basic, brilliant book on how to direct, uh, in how to how to edit and put where to put the camera. I'm on a lot of uh, movies, you know, and I've worked on every strata of movie on the biggest blockbusters like The Fugitive, and on things that we shoot in someone's backyard because I like to help my friends. And oftentimes when I'm on the smaller movies. You know, I, I have to say, like, you can't put the camera there. 
Oh, no, it's great. No. You're never going to be able to cut it. Yeah. No, it's a great shot. They understand. And I, I've always wondered how people get to that point, um, you know, and don't understand. Well, like I said, like we said before, we learn. We learn and evolve. So, you know, we have to make our mistakes and uh, our bumps and bruises and, you know. Yeah, ever since I started, I always had people that knew way more than me around me. That's and the key, yeah. just learned everything I could from them. Well, and just kept moving. Yeah, we're on, on great trip supervisors. And I'm not a – like I'd be lying to you if I said I'm the master of, of the 180 rule. You know, when we're in a scene and I've got four people moving oh, yeah. about, I, it takes me a while to like – Everybody does the same thing. They go like this, and they try to see how that's cutting. But yeah. you know, yeah, you got to learn, but you also have to. But you look, there's that's one of the two basics of, of putting a film together. You have to know the 180 rule. Yeah. Uh, so you don't really have to know a lot, but you do have to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I speak a lot at, um, in high schools production classes, and I always tell them. Um, well, number one, I tell them if you're going to be a director or a videographer, be, be an editor too, because sure. it'll make you a better shooter yep. because there's nothing worse than an editor getting footage and then they don't have anything to work with. Um, oh, yeah. I do a lot of, um, uh, industrial videos, um, for companies or I'm working on, for example, a I work for Big Arts in Sanibel, and they're a performing arts center, and they have an art gallery. So when a new artist comes in to do an exhibit, we do an interview with, with the artist, and then I shoot the exhibit in case there's people that can't get down there. Or it just kind of gives them more insight into the artist and what inspired them for their, um, for their exhibition. Oh, yeah. And... There's nothing worse than getting in the edit suite and not having enough footage. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh, you don't want to just stare at a guy sitting in a chair or a female yeah. sitting in a chair talking. Yeah, so I, I always, I always it's you sitting talking. I want to stare. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> you know, I always tell him, you know, be in the edit suite, you know, and then you can either watch your editor get very frustrated or very happy. Yeah, I um, always over, overshoot the B-roll. Always overshoot the B-roll. That's what I always do. Like, it's, yeah. You know, it's you always have to have that. Yeah. And have please have good audio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that's one of our Achilles <laughs> heels. Because yeah. like I said, with the small crews that we work with, like there's always we always have to because availability changes and we always have to like switch either an audio person out and it's yeah. and it's tough. It's tough sometimes. It's very tough. The last movie the audio was Yeah. Pretty hard. What dead? <laughs> Uh, Dread? Zed's Dead. Zed's Dead? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I mean... Well, you made a movie called Zed's Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, based on the pawn shop owners in Pulp Fiction. Well, now, you know, that's yeah. funny because, uh, you know, one of those... Pawn... Maynard is one of my dearest friends. And, no way. Uh, really? He collaborated many times. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's do a remake. He's in, he's in all of my movies that I direct. No oh, kidding. wow. Small world. Dwayne, Dwayne Whitaker. Well, Maynard, I don't know if you would like the one we did. I mean, they, what they were doing in Pulp Fiction was pretty graphic and just this yeah. plays on that. And yeah. uh, it, the movie's very graphic. Uh, very, very graphic. Do you have someone playing Dwayne? Dwayne? Do you have someone playing Maynard? Um, yeah, we had a, a guy named um, Duncan. 
uh, he's a local actor and yeah. he, you know, he had the beard and the keychain, you know, the bottle, bottle opener keychain or a necklace. Yeah. And, yeah he, uh, he, he cut off my head. He kind of looked just, kind of looked <laughs> a lot like him. Yeah. When you're done with that, you got to send it. To oh, him. it's done. Yeah. I got a Blu-ray. I'll send you a Blu-ray. It's right. very yeah. graphic though. It's very, dead's dead. if, if you're yeah, like graphic, racist, like just over the top exploitation. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, it's funny you say the word racist. I, you know, when we're talking, well, they were about, racist in the movie. You know, you know, so when we're talking like, about characters in a movie, yeah. are, you know, a character can't be. Uh, I just say, you know, we're, there's reality and there's false reality. Right. Yeah, and people confuse the two often. Right. It's the one thing I hear people say always: that's racist, and it's like, you know, racism <laughs> has has to have intent. Exactly. Uh, uh, no. It's not. It's like the it's Halloween, the Halloween movie. The Halloween movie that just came out. They were having a petition to get the where he's killing firefighters eliminated from the way. I'm like, what? Let's get some movie. It's not. Re he's not really killing firefighters. Like it's. Yeah. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, people like cross that now, and it's just <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me that people are getting offended by something like that. Like they, yeah, they like, made it so. So horribly obvious, uh, uh, you know. That's not something. It's interesting because if I were making that film, I, it would be like, well, who are we going to kill? But I would say, let's not just, you know. Yeah, I, I personally, I'll be honest with you, would like I, I would write it differently. I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But that's just that's just me. Yeah, they just wanted to up the body count. They wanted yeah. they wanted well, they to did. show he was bad and he was back and it was pretty much badass and he it was like that entrance to like a wwe when he was coming out the out the door it looked like it was like right. entrance to a wwe uh, wrestling match and it just looked and it's i, I just thought the, the beginning crazy. of that but i didn't yeah, i mean it made sense because they were the first responders on the scene but, yeah yeah you know and i guess it also made sense if you wanted to show your audience that he was killing with impunity yeah without regard for uh like oh no he's a firefighter he's a good guy oh no he's a like you know, uh, so I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong when I say that. I they're never gonna call me to direct that, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you never know. Well, they called you to play Grandpa Monster. Yeah. <laughs> when is uh when does production start on that? It's an ongoing production. Oh, on the monsters. Okay. Yeah, ongoing. Fantastic. Good times. Yeah. Oh man. It's all it's all perfect. Uh, Mr. Zombie is the the relator of all Munster's information. You know, I like to think of it as I'm one of the Oompa Loompas, although I'm a little tall. Uh, he is he is the Willy Wonka. So when he wants people to know about the Everlasting Gobstopper, then they'll know. <laughs> well, so I, there's no like I'm schedule. Making... He just calls and says, "Hey, we're shooting in a couple weeks." And however, whatever going. whatever Mr. Zombie wants. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever he wants, however he wants to. Hey Dan, do you do I mean, um do you do conventions like horror conventions? No, that's interesting. So I haven't. Uh, I would go to them as a fan, and I would say, well, put a table there. So if I want, if people say I brought posters to have you sign, I'd say right. I'll be at that table at two o'clock. Oh, so I've done that. Uh, but now that I have a not-for-profit in which I work. 12 months a year for free. Right. Yeah. Uh, I might I might be needing to either fund my movies or mm -hmm. 
you know, the ongoing education of right. my children or whatever. Well, uh, well, my buddy Sean has a convention called Tampa Bay Screens. They have it. This is a sixth year, I think. Yeah, so I think it's sixth year they're yeah, doing. Sixth year. And um, I think uh, Sean's in touch with uh, a gentleman named Chris Rowe, who's my. Uh, uh, he handles those convention appearance. Okay. Yeah, I'll have him yeah. contact him, and then uh, maybe. I think, I think they're actually talking. Oh, oh I, wow. I'm, yeah. I, I, I believe that it was related to me. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, day before. If I'm wrong, let's make sure that they are talking. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I do. I, I do do them, and I don't. You guys, I don't. I don't like taking people's money. Uh, fortunately for me, Mrs. Robot. <laughs> no, she's no problem. Well, Tammy but will we, sit next to you, and she'll take the money, and you can just sign yeah. it. Yeah. You can look the other way. You can look the other way. We we also. I mean. You know, it's interesting in the we go to the conventions and the last time we were uh, in Dallas, uh, people would say, where, where, you know, where's Dutes? Where's River's Edge? So we kept sending the nice lady who was working with us out to the CVS to get new 8 by 10s You know, I've been in such a variety of things. It's right. not really. Yeah. And I still have a, you know, I still work all the time. Uh, so, you know, this is not my sole source of income, but, you know, I, I've learned that it makes people happy and, yeah, you know, there's Rob Zombie collectors are rabid, oh, yeah. you know, they like to have all their posters signed and everything. And that's, that's good. And, you know, maybe there'll be merchandise from the Munsters, So yeah. I'll have that with me, but right. we, we like it. And I'm a, I really am a people person. My father said to me once, you know, you got the perfect job because you like people and you've got this job and people want to talk to you about what you do. Mm -hmm, right. And uh, I mean, I legitimately enjoy meeting people. Yeah. Legitimately. Oh, yeah. But Sean's thing's great. It's a it's a very intimate um, setting. It's a yeah. it's a hotel show. And he usually has, what, 10, 12 guests. Um, I know last time he had Felissa Rose and Dave Sheridan and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy that played Leatherface. Yeah, the way it's, Leatherface the way it's built, it's, it, it allows the, the you know the fans to come in and actually have intimate talk time. Like, right. It's a small. It's, cool. it's really really. It's, cool. it's not one of those big it's huge like conventions big where you know you have to do like time slots and all this stuff. It's just more intimate where you can, you know, get connected with your fans. Right. It's, if you go to like the big ones like Spooky, um, they have like certain times where the yeah. actors come out and you can stand in line and get their autograph and talk to them for five seconds and then you're out. But this is more of like a fan-friendly, you know, where they yeah. get to talk to the people and interact with people. And it's it's really yeah, fun. It's, it's a really cool It's time. not really like regulated where you have to like be out a certain time. And right. like, it's just not, it's just more open. It's more fun. It's more yeah. interactive. Usually, usually does, a, does a Friday night and a Saturday. Yep. Um, for like, I think, I think it's like six hours on Saturday and yeah. like four on yeah. sun, on Friday. But it's definitely well, fun. Tampa's, you know, definitely convenient. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you know someone there, right? No? Yeah. <laughs> but he well, asked me to pick you up in a hotel. Yeah, he asked me to mention it to you, and um, yes, you know, all good. Uh, I think they're, I think they're connecting on it. Okay. You know, it's that's exciting. You know, yeah. So if, if, but if it doesn't work out this year, maybe another year. Maybe oh, absolutely. And then we'll have to get you into the studio. Wow. He said, it, he said stuff. one of his favorite movies is Cave Woman. So. Okay, Cave girl. girl. Cave Girl. I'm sorry, Cave Girl. Um, please, please, you don't say his I'm favorite saying, movie is Citizen Cops. Because I told it's him, I told him I, was having, I told him I was having you on. He was like, 
wait a minute, he's in Cave Girl. He goes, I freaking love that movie. <laughs> he goes, I would love to have him on in the in the in Tampa Bay screen. I said, all right. Hey, I'll mention you it. know, uh, Chris, tell him he should look up, uh, the, and everybody else could do so. So. We asked Tammy what her first thing was, right. but nobody asked me. Oh, I didn't get that my, far. My first, right, because Tammy was talking so much. <laughs> uh, my first uh, movie was called Cave Girl. It was the first movie I auditioned for, and I ended up with a lead role. Nice. Now, I wish I had Cave Girl is a uh, – say it again? I wish I had that luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You've never seen Cave Girl. Um, <laughs> no, but, we, I, but the, the, the thing is, Cave Girl – I like I make I take my shots, but I want to say without David Oliver's direct intervention in my life, the guy who created and directed and produced Cave Girl, uh, it would not have led me on the path that I was on. It was because right. of Cave Girl that yeah. another guy saw me, and that's how I ended up in River's Edge. Huh. So, you know, you never know where God's plan is taking you. So Cave Girl, although it's easy to make fun of it. It's still, it's very special to me. Absolutely. Uh, and and there, there was nothing like it. Like, the guy never made a movie before. So we went to make what any other person would have done in two weeks. Cave Girl, two weeks. As you're just shooting on a location in the mountains of, of California. We were there for two months. Oh, my God. We shot and shot and shot and shot. I, that's how the movies were done. I didn't know. This guy would literally, we would shoot a master, and then he would say, the sun's not, we're, we'll do the coverage. Uh, and then we'd come back like three weeks later, and we'd do the coverage. And, you know, which taught me to really pay attention to what I was doing because I had to match. Oh, yeah. Right. Months afterwards. That's funny. Uh, but uh, anyway, people can see Cave Girl, Second Journey Back in Time. You go to Vimeo and see Cave Girl's second journey back in time. So, so was that the uh, movie you were like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Is, is, it, is it that what helped you decide what you wanted to do for the rest of your well, life? Well, I decided that, uh, years earlier after seeing um, Give Him Hell Harry with James Whitmore. But Cave Girl was such a unique experience. We lived on a commune. We lived in what was a gay dude ranch. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a, now it's a Christian camp. But we lived in this weird house and the crew was in trailers on the property and we all lived together we all ate together yeah. we worked i think six days a week i i mean it was crazy and we were like there was no way to get out because we didn't have car they made us all drive up in one uh mobile home oh, oh so wow there was no leaving once we were there and when we were there there was no the mobile home we couldn't go to the places we were shooting, yep. you know, a mile into the into the mountains. So, or just sit around. Well, like, that, that's how I thought movies were. Well, that is a unique experience. Very. Yeah, unique. it was great. Oh. But people watch. You guys, you'll enjoy it. Cave Girl's second journey back in time. Rarely does the guy who who's, should be embarrassed by the work go back and revisit it with such. Uh, joy, and it is a, a joyful kind of revisitation. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Have to watch it's a lot one. of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to watch that one. So, th- now, in high school, did you, did, were you taking theater or print film or? Yeah, I went, I mean, we didn't have that. I went to a Catholic school, so there wasn't, that, that didn't, that didn't exist. Oh. There was no, 
something like that. So um, I did theater a bit in high school, but mostly I did theater at the community theater. I walked into the Pennsylvania Playhouse uh, at 13 years old, and I don't know that I left again until I moved out of town. Oh, and yeah. then I started doing plays elsewhere. But yeah. I did in, I did like 40 plays before I even moved out of uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. You got I, those acting chops early. Acting chops early. Yeah, I'd act in them, and I directed them, and I wrote them. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like little Orson Welles Jr. of them. <laughs> so if you had one bit of advice to give new actors, what would you give them? Oh, well, can I tell you that I have a lot of advice to give actors, and soon they'll be able to read a book called The Audition is the Job and Other Truths that I've Learned in the Land of Make-Believe. Absolutely. I've been writing a lot for, for actors um, based on, like, the extraordinary journey I've had. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I would wake up every day and I would think about acting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mentor many actors and then I get back to them a year later and they've, you know, they may not have done anything that I suggest they do, but they've smoked, you know, 364 bowls of pot. Uh, and they've, uh, you know, play 364 days of video games, and they've, 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 you know, put uh, 975 hours onto Facebook and Instagram. Right. Oh, yeah. But they haven't acted. Yeah. They haven't auditioned. They haven't done a play. They haven't done anything. And it it strikes me as the thing that that hurts my heart the most is when I was six, I started talking about when I'm on TV. When I'm on TV and we have a picture here of me and a cardboard television because I said it all the time at six, seven years old, my parents got me that cardboard television so I could pretend I was on TV. And every decision I had to make from six, seven years old till now was about being on TV. And uh, I talk about a lot about the white noise and the white noise is getting louder and louder and louder. Yeah. Uh, it used to be drinking, and then it was drinking and drugs, and then it was drinking and drugs and porn, and now it's drinking and drugs and, you know, thinking you're 20 years old and you're going to change the world and dictate yeah. how everybody else should live and, and because of your limited knowledge of anything. Uh, and, and the kids, and then it's the Facebook, and then it's caring what other people think, and then, and then all of a sudden you've done nothing. You know, and, oh, yeah. and, and, and there's me, and I've done everything. So people say, How, you know, why him and not me? Because when, you know, yeah. you were smoking your bowl, I was writing a play. Yeah. You know, when, when you were, you know, doing, I don't know, whatever you were on Facebook, I was writing a movie and directing a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and then when I get to work, man, I work hard and I work solid and I don't let anybody down. I know my lines. I know, I know the character. Uh, don't don't force any point of view on any director. Like I'm giving them orange, and the director says I need apple. I give them apple. It's their pies. Fine. Oh yeah. So, I hopefully uh, Tammy uh, keeps saying once we've edited the other movie that I'm not allowed to make a movie next year because <laughs> two movies in ten months, two feature films at the level we've done them. Is a little hard. Yeah. Um, Definitely you know, not an easy, not an easy feat. Not an easy feat. <laughs> it's led me to, to taking my blood pressure every day. Oh yeah. 
I, uh, oh, I can't imagine doing that. I, I mean, I get the anxiety and stress, but that's 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 a whole other thing. I'm medicated for that. It's funny. I've <laughs> never I've never stressed about produ- producing a movie, getting to cast together, find locations, everything. And I've been trying to put this movie together for the last few months, and I need a locker room that has showers, like a high school setting, like a like like a locker room with showers. Can't find it, and. It got so stressful that I put the movie on hiatus and it's been probably four months now and I'm actually trying to restart it. And that was the first time that I've ever stressed out about anything like that. It's yes. always been but fun have, to me. What happens in that scene? What happens in it? Yeah. Uh, is it one scene or is it a lot of scenes? Uh, there's two scenes in there. and yeah. um, One's a death scene. Two, two people get killed. Oh, yeah. I'm a big slasher yeah, he does slasher slashers. movie, um, horror movie guy, and um, you know it's yeah. kind of slumber party. So we're just going to build it on, the, on a. We're just going to build it on the set. Yeah. So we're, it, but, but what about look? I'm always you know the locations are key, and and yeah, sure. when you watch when you watch the movies that Amy and I make, you'll never the 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 locations are what what belie the fact you know that people know when a movie's a low budget. Yep, right. Have you gone to you? You're not having luck at schools. Have you right. gone to health club? No. You've gone to uh, a, uh, all those gyms that were closed for months and months. Well, yeah. maybe not there. Yeah. But the problem is, is they a lot the the places that I found they wanted too much money. Like our budgets are small, like three thousand dollars small, and yeah. um, you know they they wanted like five six hundred dollars for two scenes it just it wasn't worth yeah. it to me to pay that much money for and, two scenes. and then when they find out what kind of movie it is and like, they go oh, find nope. out what kind of movie it is and it's just it's just been really yeah. difficult it, it, yeah it's, it's frustrating uh, but you know what like i said we're just going to build it in yeah. uh on, so in the studio now we're talking about building building the set but but you're but you know i now i'm so filmmaking filmmaker let's have a dialogue sure. five hundred dollars to shoot it and shoot it right and quickly uh, you're going to build a shower rent lockers i have to build two rooms to go from the shower to the lockers yeah. surely you're going to spend more than 500 dollars on that yeah uh we're just talking we, we've been talking you know i'm just time. i'm just throwing that people are always saying you know in pennsylvania you know let's well, let's build a studio and i'm like for what <laughs> listen i'm <laughs> you know we're again i'm on every strata of everything they shoot tv shows in studios they can build the main set yeah. and they can be in that set all the time mm-hmm. but when we're doing uh movies uh we're i mean i'm on the sound stage of a movie so rarely anymore yeah generally if it's a movie we're shooting in a live location even something like the fugitive the only sets they built as i recall were uh were the the oh, when we went through the huge duct system with the water and everything that was yeah. That was a huge set. Nothing else we shot was on a set. Yeah. It was all on a location. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we always shoot on location, always. Yeah, this like, is the only time that we're actually. This is the first time it. we've talked about it. Yeah, literally um, the first time. Usually we're on location, um, but because th- th- it was just so difficult to find that we just, you know, because we have I have a soundstage in my studio here, so that's why we were like, yeah, if we can't find it, we're just gonna build it. Cause but you got to build running water, and you got to have yeah. a runoff for the water, and you got to yeah. you got to drain the water. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it's a whole special effect then. Yeah. That in the water, I, you know, it's a lot. It, it's definitely a lot. Like, because I'm the one having to build it, so it's like I, I mean, was just thinking a, about the sub pump and uh, how it's a last resort. It's definitely a last resort. Yeah, I, mean, I would if you have it. I would just hit every like you got to get. Uh, you know, there might be you know the like places you don't like in your. There might be a Masonic temple hmm. that has uh, a gym in it. That has a locker room and a shower in it. There might be a theater that has lockers. There's a lot of places that have that facility, but they don't want naked girls and dead people. And (laughs) that's that's the big the big hurdle I'm trying to overcome. Yeah. Um, Just say you're shooting a comedy. Right. And I had this whole I had this whole lie, and I was just like, yeah, it's a cheerleader movie and this girl gets bullied and she perseveres in the end and i left a lot of the stuff out and uh, but then i was just like you know i'm gonna get on set and these people are gonna be like watching us what we're doing and you know yeah it's, uh, that's not gonna work out too well so but it's just um, i mean i you know we've we got like there's just things you just gotta really look and look i've I, in our last movie we need it two full days, full days in a bar um, that would have required us either going in at 4 a.m. and working till 4 p.m. in a bar, but then that's not even a full day because on our independent movies, a full day is a 15-hour day, not a 12-hour day. Um, And we finally found a club. These, oh, God, I love these people. That their bar was closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And, And we, I mean... And and it was how things turn out. It was exactly as written. It had like the DP couldn't believe it. He was like, "It's got and it's got everything you said." Uh, yeah. The shuffleboard, the long throw from the door. Like we wanted to see a nun come in and see her in the background with me in the foreground, and the thing was situated so we could do all of that. But it just took. Yeah. It took a lot of looking. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I'm shooting. I'm actually writing and directing a, a TV show, and one of them has a lounge, like a bar lounge, and I actually work in a location where um, I can actually use the the nightclub and the lounge area. And it, I was definitely lucky in that as well. So I, I definitely know yeah. the advantages of that. Definitely mean, down with that. <laughs> Maybe I need to get a job at a gym. <laughs> yeah. For for like a month. <laughs> for a month. For a month. <laughs> <laughs> Just work overnight shift. That's a funny movie. You, you take jobs job so that you location. have locations. <laughs> you gotta shoot. You gotta shoot the grocery store. So you're like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll do your nighttime watchman. Right. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> boat, like boat finger. Yeah. Oh yeah. I actually just watched that movie again last week. It was uh, it was it was uh, very funny. I, I actually really like that movie. Really like so, that movie. Danny and I really like watching. The movies that are kind of the behind the scenes right. of filmmaking or like noises off. Oh, yeah. love, That's why I like Jane the Virgin. Um, like the guy, the the Jane's dad is a tele telenovela star. Right. So they're always oh, showing right, him right. on set, you know, shooting the telenovelas. If he's real, he's really dramatic. You know, when he talks, it's <laughs> just hilarious. And uh, so there's a lot of that in that show where you got the behind the scenes and they're talking about grips and gaffers and DPs and all this stuff and um, I don't know. It's just a, it's such a well-rounded show and, uh, I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm sad. I only got five episodes left. Um, cause I'm going to be sad. When it's over. I might rewatch it. 
could go back to go back to Lost or Man in the High Castle. <laughs> you know what? In, on Lost, I, I think I only watched like two episodes: the first one and the last one. Because yeah, I never watched it. Oh, then you two cut out the middleman. <laughs> Pretty much. But I the last if it, if the last episode was a movie, like I I would have liked it. I, I think it was a, like the last episode was I liked it that much. The the last episode of Lost. I don't know. It should have been a movie. I don't know. Well, if, I don't know if you guys relate to that, but I definitely thought so. <laughs> no, no. I, it was the last episode was just lovely. Absolutely, it was, it was beautifully done. I, I, I like how it was just the, the 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 score on it was good. I just I just liked how it was done. It was very fun. But that is all we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us at Killer Collab Podcast with our wonderful guests Dan and Tammy Roebuck. Thank you for joining us today. Us. Thank you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to see each other. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I always like to fill in that gap for you, so you guys have that uh, FaceTime. That, that FaceTime. You're very right nice. Now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I you. wonder if we could do this on our own, Jamie. We got to figure that out. Like, <laughs> there's a way to. I, think we have, I can. Oh, I, I could. I could moderate if you want. You want me to moderate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said. I'll just. <laughs> thank you to everybody and thank you for looking at and supporting our films and absolutely uh, and we'll come back anytime to talk about this and, stuff and make sure you send me the any links that you want me to put into our descriptions because we're on all major podcasting uh, websites as well as youtube so um you know anchor spotify google apple we're on all those so if any links that you want me to put in the descriptions let me know um and send them to me um and they'll do that and thanks for getting so back so fast to me tammy because Usually yeah, it's so this is the hardest part of the show is finding guests. And yeah, a lot yes. of times you reach out to people and they don't ever answer you back or they'll answer you back a week later. And it was very refreshing having you like literally yes. a couple minutes after. I Breath of fresh air. Breath of this is why she's my wife. She gets stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> As always, joined with Chris Leto for Raper Films. Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. stay happy, stay healthy. Enjoy. Thank you.